0: Test. There you go.
1: There go. please join me in our responsive reading good christian friends rejoice with the heart and soul and voice break forth into singing for god has visited and comforted god's people Our hearts rejoice because the sins and sorrow of this world crumbled under the wonders of God's love. Our voices rejoice because the, world, because the word became flesh and dwelled among us, full of grace and truth. Thanks to our light bringing, life-giving God. Today we light the pink candle of joy in honor of the coming Christ who brings joy to our lives. Please pray with me. God, who is the maker of all things and the giver of all gifts, we come this morning to celebrate. We welcome, the, we welcome, we come to celebrate a birth that brings life, not just to one child, but to all of us. We come to celebrate the birth, not only of a baby, but a hope of love made flesh of God with us. Come, Emmanuel, and be with us now as we worship you today. Amen.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning and I hope that your heart is filled with joy uh, during this joyous occasion, this joyous season. Today is the Sunday of joy uh, in our Advent uh, celebration and we hope that you have joy in your hearts this morning. We welcome you here. We're glad that you're here and uh, we welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us and we're glad that you're here this morning and hope that you will feel very much a part of our family as we worship God today. And we'd like to invite our, first, our first-time our first guests to stop by our hospitality table in the foyer on your way out. We have a little gift we'd like to give to you and uh, as a uh, token of our appreciation for you being with us this morning. Uh, just a, uh, one, one thing I'd like to uh, remind everyone of is our attendance sheets that are on each row. Uh, we'd like to ask everyone, if you could, to... Take that and fill it out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving us so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday by email, uh, please put your email address on there. It's a good opportunity to uh, find out what's going on as far as uh, uh, worship opportunities and service opportunities and fellowship opportunities here at Community Baptist Church. So uh, if you'd like to... uh, to receive that, please give us your email address. You know, it's great to be in God's house, and it's great to, to have the love of God in our hearts. It's great to have the joy of Christ that pushes us forward and enables us to make it from day to day. And it's great to share that love and that joy with one another. So I want to invite you now to stand and share the love and the joy of Christ with one another by greeting, greeting each other in the name of the Lord. Let us greet each other. Okay. Okay, as we are taking our seats, children come to the front here and you can sit right up here on the stage area. Children come on up and sit right up here. We'll have our children's moment. Miss Mary is up here for our children's moment.
2: Look at you. Here they all come. Spread out so nobody falls off the stage. Have a seat real quick. Come on up, guys. Joe, come on all the way up. Up here. Thank you. All the way up here. Joe, come over here. Oh, you're going to stay right there? Okay. All right. Here comes some more. Make sure they can get up the stairs. Hi, baby. Be careful. Careful, careful. Okay, let's see who was good listeners. What did Dr. Tim say? This is the um, Sunday that we celebrate what? Christmas. 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 Joy. Okay, Joy. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. But look, these questions are in this story. Okay, you ready? jesus and the very best birthday okay and i bet you guys have heard this story many times but look at these pages real quick sydney wants to know if we're going to read the whole story yes but it's short so i'm not going to bore you i promise you ready did you know mary rode a donkey when she and joseph went to bethlehem to pay their taxes did you know that Mm -hmm. but she was also going to bethlehem for what what happened Did you know the city was crowded, the inn was full, and Mary and Joseph had no place to stay? Now is it sounding familiar? Yeah. Did you that that wasn't good? Did you know the innkeeper told Mary and Joseph they could sleep in his stable with the animals? Did you know that? You did? Okay. Did you know Jesus was born in that stable on a cold winter night a long time ago? Yeah. Did you know on that special night a big, shiny star appeared in the sky? Mm. Did you know Mary wrapped baby Jesus in a soft in soft, warm cloths and laid him in a manger bed filled with sweet-smelling hay? Oh, I know. Did you know the animals in the stable were very quiet so baby Jesus could sleep? There they are. Look at them. I know. Did you know Joseph watched over baby Jesus and Mary as they rested? Did you know shepherds watching their sheep out in the fields heard about Jesus from an angel? Did you know the shepherds hurried into the city and found baby Jesus lying in the manger just as the angel had said? Did you know that? Did you know wise men from a faraway land followed the big shiny star when they came to see Jesus? How many wise men were there? Three. Mm -hmm. Did you know Jesus' birth was the very best birthday ever? Yes. Yes. Because God gave his only son Jesus as a special gift to all of us. Okay? Yes? All right. At this time of year, we also sing a lot of Christmas songs. And there's one song, and it goes, Come, they told me, pa rum pum pum Have you ever heard that song? And then the next line says, A newborn king is born. Hmm. I I can. Dane, can you stand up? And yeah. hold this up for me? Okay, now look. A newborn king is born. Hmm. Let's put the newborn king up here. Looky there. Who is that? baby. Baby Jesus. And the, the next line says, The finest gift we bring to lay before the king. And the next line says, I'll play my drum for him. Now, Jesus always wants to do our very, he wants us to do our very best for him. Like, I found out something this morning that if we do our very best, like Logan told me, Dane's brother told me he got a 255 on his math, maps reading, or math test. You guys, that's awesome. He did his best for Jesus and his mom and dad. Okay, this says, I'll play my best for him. What's that little boy have in his hands? So, what do you think he's going to play? A drum? Let's see if he's going to play a drum. Guess what we're going to make in Children's Church today? Should we put his drum up here for him to play? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Whoops, let's put it right there. All right. What was in that story? What was up in the sky?
3: Star,
2: star, star. Ooh, let's put a bright, shiny star up to put right over baby Jesus. You want to? Yeah. Okay. All right. Ooh, how pretty is that? It's sparkly. It is sparkly. All right. So we're going to walk down the steps very very carefully and we're going to get ready to go to children's church so we can make our ornament and this says I'll play my best for him and I want you guys to play your best too. These guys reminded me why we have this out here. If you brought change today and if you would like to put your change in very carefully. Thank you. What are we doing with this money? Do you remember Maybe not the orphans. Maybe somebody that needs something for Christmas. Thank you, guys. I'll see you in Children's Church.
1: scripture today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks to all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
4: Gracious God, we thank you that we're able to gather in this place on this day with these people when we ask your blessing upon us as we worship today. Gracious God, you have taught us that it is more blessed to give than to receive, and we ask you, Lord, to lead us to be joyful and gracious givers, not only of our money, but of our time and our talents. And Lord, lead us to use them wisely in the way that you would have us to do. Be with us during the remainder of this service. And as we worship, challenge us, Lord, to to grow and to leave these doors more dedicated to be the light and the love to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: shepherd said
0: Thank you, Carrie. What a wonderful, wonderful song, and it reminds us of who we are, and we are that lost sheep that uh, that Christ, the Good Shepherd, came after. There's a um, a book titled "Real Country Humor." And uh, in this book, Dennis Wilson, who is a backup singer in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, wrote a story and tells a story about a, a true story about a friend of his who sings professionally for weddings and funerals. And it seems that this, this friend got a, a telephone call one day from a lady whose husband had suddenly died of a heart attack. And she said, I, I heard you sing at my cousin's funeral, and wondered if you could sing at my, my husband's funeral. He, he just died. And so Wilson's friend said, yes, ma'am, that, that's what I do. Did Did you have anything particular in mind? And she said, well... It was so sudden, and I'm, I'm so upset, I haven't been able to think straight. So his friend asked, well, was there, was there something that he really liked, some song that he, he really liked? And, and finally, she, she thought long enough to come up with jingle bells. Yes, that, that's it, she said. He really liked jingle bells. Maybe you could sing that at the funeral. Well, his friend thought about that for a moment and said, Ma'am, I I don't think Jingle Bells is really an appropriate song to to sing at a funeral. Would it be? But the woman insisted. And she said, That was his favorite song. I want you to sing Jingle Bells. Okay, then, he said. I'll sing Jingle Bells. Well, when his friend got to the funeral, funeral everybody was crying and carrying on. It had been such a sudden death. But then his part in the program came up and he got up to the microphone and started singing. Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. And people started looking at him like he was crazy. He got all kinds of dirty looks here. And, and he says that he could just feel the, the hostility. In the air. But he managed to to finish the song and and sit back down. And and then after the funeral, the lady came over to him with a check for him and and she handed him the the envelope and she said in a scolding voice, I meant the song Glory Bells, not Jingle Bells. (laughs) Yikes. Jingle Bells at a funeral. Well, maybe. Just keep that thought in mind for a few moments. Now, Christmas is really a joyous occasion, isn't it? It is a joyous time of the year. And I think most of us would agree with that. This is a time of the year that's filled with so much joy. And and our lesson from 1 Thessalonians uh, that was read just a few moments ago tells us that all of life should be a joyous celebration Not just this time of the year, but all of life should be a joyous celebration. Because you see, the Lord of life has come into this world, and because of that, every day should be a time for us to rejoice. And that says to me that if we understand the gospel correctly, we may be able to sing jingle bells, and maybe that would be an appropriate thing to sing even At a funeral. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 only contains two words, making it one of the shortest verses in the Bible. But what a perfect verse this is for our third Sunday in Advent. Rejoice always. That's all it says. Rejoice always. That's pretty clear, isn't it? It doesn't say rejoice sometimes. It doesn't say rejoice when times are good and the economy is strong. It doesn't say even rejoice during the Advent and Christmas season of the year. It says rejoice always. Or it could just as well say sing jingle bells at a funeral. Because even that can be a time of rejoicing. Now, in many churches, this third Sunday of Advent is known as Gaudete Sunday, which comes from the Latin word which means to rejoice. And on this Sunday, we have lit the pink candle of joy in our Advent wreath as a reminder to us that in the midst of our repentance, and in the midst of our preparation for the coming of Christ, it's also a time to of great joy. It's a time for us to rejoice. Joy to the world, we sing. The Lord has come. Good Christian folks, rejoice, rejoice with heart and, and voice, heart and soul and voice. Rejoice. And certainly the, the Christmas season gives us the many opportunities for rejoicing, doesn't it? Many opportunities. Wendy Wright discovered the joy of Christmas in one of the most unlikely of places, a homeless shelter. It seems that she and some of her fellow church members go and visit a homeless shelter every year during this time of the year to sing some Christmas carols. She says that, that the people living in a homeless shelter, many of them have lost their, their childhood uh, dreams. They've, they've been shattered and they live with very little hope. She says, in, in, in that setting, songs of snowmen and Christmas wish lists and a hearty good cheer ring hollow. But what does ring true is the good news of a Savior who comes to lift up the lowly and to save the world. Well, at one of these shelters, Wendy met a man that she'll, she'll never forget. He, the group had been uh, singing their carols in a smoke-filled Noisy room, and they were about to wrap things up and wind it all up when a, a homeless man came up to her. He was about 50 years old. He was wearing a, a nasty, dirty old jacket. He smelled bad, and and he, he came up to her. She said that his perceptions of things seemed doubtful, either from poor health or from, from chemical substances. But he asked Wendy if, if she would sing his favorite Christmas song with him. And she said, sure. The song was, O Holy Night. They began singing, and, and as they did, the, the room gradually grew quiet. As the two of them raised their voices together, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. The man in the dirty jacket leaned on the edge of a beat-up old couch and with his eyes closed. And as he, as he sang this song of praise, Wendy noticed a, a change that came over him. The tired creases of his street-weary face softened, she says. And as he continued to sing, his face literally lit up. And tears began to stream down his cheeks. And Wendy says, at that moment, I knew that his longing and my longing were just the same. And that is for a Savior. Yes, my friends, there are many opportunities during this time of the year to experience joy, but The writer of Thessalonians tells us that this kind of joy should not be limited to this wonderful season like this. Rather, it should be our experience all year long. But how do we do that? Well, I think a good place for us to start is by reading the rest of this sentence from 1 Thessalonians. You see, these two words, rejoice always, are only the, the first Phrase in a sentence that has three parts. The entire sentence reads like this. Rejoice always, pray constantly, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My friends, these are the the keys to having the Christmas spirit in your life all the time. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. And this is God's will for you. And you know, it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. And what Paul is saying to us is that joy should be a primary characteristic for all Christians. Theologian Marcus Bord tells us that in the English language, the words joy... And the word jewel comes from the same root. Just like a jewel, joy is of, of great value and beauty. It's something to be cherished. But unlike a jewel, joy cannot be purchased nor possessed. It's a gift. We cannot make joy happen and we cannot own it. As the Apostle Paul says, it's it's one of the primary gifts of the Spirit. It comes from God. And joy is God's will for each and every one of us. Now, joy does not come from having life all figured out. It's not something that comes from having life all figured out. Instead, joy comes from resting in the knowledge that we are loved. We're loved. There's a charming story in Boswell's life of Johnson. It seems that, that Johnson met a man named Edwards who had been at college with him, who, who he hadn't seen in about 40 years. So they went into Johnson's room and they talked of the many things that, uh, that they had been, been doing since they had been to college together. And Edwards said, you are a philosopher, Dr. Johnson. He says, I, you are a philosopher, Dr. Johnson. I have tried too in my time to be a philosopher, but I don't know how. He said, cheerfulness was always breaking in. <laughs> cheerfulness was always breaking in. And it seems that that was something that prevented him from being a philosopher. He was too happy to be a philosopher, it seems. You know, there are a lot of people who rob themselves of joy because they think that they have to have life all figured out. They think that if they can just follow the right formula, if they can just have the right philosophy, if they can just do the right thing, then everything will fall in place. And if A and B, then C. But folks, let me tell you something. Life is a lot more complicated than that. And each life, each church, each community, each person is different. And so there is no figuring out life. That's what it means to live by faith. We don't understand everything that happens in life, but we do understand this very important thing. God... Loves us. And we understand that because the baby in that manger reminds us. So joy does not come from having our lives all figured out. Neither does it come from always living in the sunshine. I, 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 and I don't know anybody that has successfully done that anyway. In each life comes both sunshine and rain. And each life comes both pleasure and heartache, but that's not what joy's about. That's not what joy is about. C.S. Lewis used to talk about the difference between joy and pleasure, and this is kind of ironic because C.S. Lewis's wife's name was Joy. Um, but he talked about the difference between joy and pleasure, and he says that joy comes from within. There's something that comes from within. It's it, it is steady and abiding. While, while pleasure comes and, and goes with whatever the circumstance may be occurring in your lives, joy doesn't do that. He says, when circumstances change in one direction, we have pleasure. But when that fortune reverses, pleasure leaves us. And that's fine, but but one day our pleasures will fail us, and, and but joy will never fail us. For you see, joy... Is something that resides within us and, and and holds us up regardless of what's happening around us, what's happening on the outside. It's a free gift of God, and, and it comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ. And folks, let me tell you something. Joy is not only a privilege, it's not only a privilege for all Christians. It's our responsibility. Ever thought about joy as a responsibility? I, it is. It's our responsibility to live a joyful life. Because you see, joy is a large part of our witness to the world that God's alive. It is. A French philosopher once said, I look at, at the Christians or those who, who call themselves such. And he said, they look so morbid and sad. And I think that if that's what Christianity is, I want no part of it. Huh. That's a sad statement, isn't it? That kind of makes me sad. But in my opinion, this, this man is in, encountering the, the wrong kinds of Christians. You see, if you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior... If you know that God loves you, and if you know that your life has meaning and purpose, and that you have a friend who will stand with you for all of eternity, how in the world can you not feel a sense of joy? Rejoice always. Then the, ne- the next verse tells us to pray continually. Pray continually. Now, how do we do that? Is Paul telling us that we should constantly have our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Seeking our Creator. Should we join a monastery and devote our lives to prayer? Well, maybe, but not necessarily. It's really not a good idea to bow your heads and close your eyes as you're driving down the freeway. I I don't recommend that. Well, what Paul is telling us here is that we need to cultivate a sense of God's presence in our lives. We need to cultivate a sense of God's presence with us that, that we carry with us always. That, that sense that, we, that surrounds us that, that God is always with us, no matter what. God is there. It's an awareness that, that God is right there all the time. Because you see, if, if we have that sense of God's presence in our lives, we will be able to rejoice no matter what's going on. And that's what it means for us to pray continually. Now, prayer is, is not a ritual in which we repeat the same words over and over Forgive me of my sins. Take care of my family. God is great. God is good. Let us thank God for our food. Paul doesn't mean for us to utter prayerful formulas all the time. When he, when he tells us to pray continually, he's telling us to get to the, to the very heart of prayer. Live in the presence of God. Let God's Spirit fill us to the point that every moment of our lives is touched by the glory of God and by God's love. Skip Thurman years ago told about a meeting or about meeting a remarkable Washington, D.C. cab driver. His name was Percival Bryan. Percival came to the United States in 1924 as a, a stowaway on a banana boat from Jamaica. Uh, and for decades after that, after he arrived here in Washington, Brian drove people in his taxicab, both ordinary people and famous people. And while driving them, Brian had this quirky habit of asking each passenger to sign his guest book. He had a guest book for his taxi cab, and he asked each passenger to put their their signature in his guest book. Well, after more than 50 years of driving a cab, eight cabs, hundreds of thousands of passengers, Percival's autograph books can now be seen in the Smithsonian. (laughs) It contains the names of presidents, musicians, senators, scientists. Everyday people, mostly everyday people. In a story that Thurman wrote about Brian, Thurman reports that Brian was known for his friendliness and for his, his poise. He said one night two young men tried to rob him, but before the ride was over, not only had they given his money back, but they had signed his book. <laughs> Thurman asked Percival, What keeps you going? And Percival said, My priorities, my friends, and most of all, God. He said, Every morning I get down on my knees and I I have my little prayers and I ask God to go with me, to protect me, to ride with me, to to take my eyesight and my nose and my mouth, especially my mouth, and, and share it with others. And he says, And I'll tell you, sometimes I feel very rich. He said, I don't have nothing, not much money in my pocket, but inside I feel like I have have done my best and God has given me the wisdom and the strength to keep on going. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. There's a man who who knew what it was like to rejoice always and to pray continually. You see, God literally rode with him in his cab. God was the major influence in how he conducted his life. And so his life was basically a continuous prayer. And because of that, joy was his constant companion. That's the second key for keeping the Christmas spirit all year long. Cultivate a sense of God's presence and carry it wherever you go. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And then here's the final thing. Give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, develop such a profound sense of gratitude in your life that you can hold on to that gratitude regardless of what may be happening to you. Back during World War II, David Reeves spent many years as a prisoner of war in a German POW camp. For the first few years, he says, the, the prisoners were able to keep up their spirits and even found ways to celebrate the holidays like, like Christmas. But but one Christmas, he says, near the end of the war, the, the men were beginning to lose hope. They'd been there for for so long and... Life was so hard for them, and they were cut off from all communications from the rest of the world. They had no news of any effort to liberate them. They had no knowledge of anything that was going on, and so they they just didn't have the heart to plan anything for Christmas. But Reed wrote a poem encouraging the men to, to celebrate Jesus no matter what their circumstances may be. He recalled the Apostle Paul's words in, in Philippians 2, where he wrote about being shipwrecked and, and beaten and imprisoned for his preaching. But he never, ever lost the joy of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. After his return from the war, David entered into the ministry, and years later he recalled this final Christmas in the prison camp. And here's what he wrote. He said, the gospel is no less true when circumstances are most terrible. If we soak ourselves in this truth, we shall never find ourselves making excuses for our lack of desire to celebrate. May Christmas joy be real and radiant for all of us, no matter what our circumstances may be. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My friends, if you do not have joy in your life, then ask God for it. Joy is a privilege. It's your privilege. And it's your responsibility as a Christian. So cultivate a sense of God's presence in your life and and carry that presence of God with you all the time, wherever you go. Develop a profound sense of gratitude in your life so so that you can hold on to that regardless of what your circumstances may be. Even when things are hard, even when things are tough, there's still much for you to be grateful for. Cultivate that sense of God's presence. Develop that profound sense of gratitude. This is God's will for you, says says Paul. So listen to the message of these three short verses. And I promise you that you will become a new person. The spirit of Christmas will be with you all throughout the year. And who knows? You might even request jingle bells at your funeral. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to uh, the Holy Spirit working in your life. We're going to sing a hymn of response, How Great Our Joy, number 108, in just a few moments. and. And we invite you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ if you've never done that. If you've never done that, this is a good time to do it, to say yes. Maybe your life is, maybe you don't know the joy that I've been talking about today. Well, joy is different from happiness. You know, we. I, I know there are some times that we're happy and sometimes we're sad, and that's okay. But underneath that, I'm talking about something underneath that 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 is there whether we're happy or sad. It's a joy in knowing that that God loves us. And that's what I want you to know today. God loves you more than anything else in the world. And that's why He sent His Son, Jesus, to be born in that manger 2,000 years ago. To show us how much God loves us. If you want that joy of, of knowing God's love, Then I hope you'll make a commitment to Christ if you've never done that before today. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church this morning. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come together as we sing how great our joy would you come. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, just a few announcements before we leave. Let me remind you that this afternoon from 2 to 4, our deacons are hosting an open house here at here at the church. And so uh, go and eat some lunch, but don't eat too much because we're going to be eating again this afternoon. And we're grateful for our deacons for doing that. And we invite everybody to come back uh, from two, 2 to 4 this afternoon. Also on Tuesday... We'll be having our Joy Lunch uh, Tuesday at noon, and we invite everyone to come. Uh, I know it's a, 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 a supposed to be a senior citizens thing, but but if you're off for lunch, then come on by here and, and join us. It'll be a great program. Summer is going to be uh, uh, presenting the program and singing for us on, on uh, Tuesday. And so come and join us for our Joy Lunch, and, uh, and we'll, we'll have a great time. And next Sunday afternoon... We'll be uh, spending some time caroling. We'll be going to different homes and, and singing Christmas carols next Sunday afternoon. So we, we invite you to be as part of, part of that it's as well as we spread the joy of Christ and the joy of this season uh, to other people. Let us bow for our benediction. We came this morning, oh God, cold. But you have warmed us. We came this morning poor in spirit, but you have enriched us, and we came this morning hungry for your word, and you have filled us. We all came this morning, O God, undeserving, and you have showed us your mercy. So now, Lord, as we go from here, we pray that your fullness and your mercy would flow through us. That we may fill the hungry. That we may warm the hopeless. We pray that we may go from this place warmed by the fire of God's Holy Spirit.